The Electric Rodeo is an adult toy megastore podcast about sex, toys, pleasure and relationships. It contains adult themes, adult language and probably too much information about our sex lives. Sorry, Sorry Mum. <laughs> Kia ora everyone. Welcome to The Electric Rodeo. I'm your host, Emma Hewitt. And I'm living libido loca, Tush Bull. <laughs> That's really good because yeah. I was hoping today that I could also make a live, laugh, libido joke. There you go. So I think you've nailed it. I've just said it, so I've nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yours could have been dropped in there a bit more seamlessly. But... No, no, no. I like what I've done. I like what I've done. No, you know what? I respect it. We both got them out of the way <laughs> and we can just look forward into the wonderful episode that we are about to jump into. Which, as you can guess, is all about libido. Libido. Yay. What so, is it? Well, you know... We've got someone coming in to talk to us all about it. Very true. And it's going to be amazing because we have promised this a few times. I feel like I've mentioned it like, don't worry, guys, there's going to be a whole yeah. libido episode because yeah. it, it slips into almost everything that I talk about with sexuality because it's a very important part of sexuality. It's yeah. a very important part of a lot of people's lives. Wanting to do it. You know, exactly. Yeah. You know, I've had problems with my live, laugh, libido. I'm living. I ain't go. always laughing. I mean, it goes up. It goes down. It seems stagnant sometimes, like a filthy pond. Anyway, okay. <laughs> before we get into this episode, Emma has some very exciting news. I do. As an update for her bucket list. Finally. Yeah. Finally. Okay, everyone, guess what I've done. Yes. It's so exciting. Wait, pause for them to guess. Okay, that's enough time. You're so right. <laughs> it was the sex thing. <laughs> Sex swing. Sex swing. So, oh, it was so fun. I I did it like a week ago and I've been wanting to tell Tash all about it and she has not let me speak a single word about it to her yeah. until this moment. Well, we normally, we try, as we've said, save it for the podcast. We try to save stuff for the podcast boring. and we try to, <laughs> <laughs> boring, like have genuine conversations on here. So, but we always tend to like talk about stuff a little bit and like get details and then we'll laugh about it and be like, no, we need to save it. So okay. Emma messaged me saying, I've tried the sex swing. And I was like, amazing, can't wait to hear about it. Do not utter a single <laughs> word about it until we're recording next. Okay, so the sex swing that I got is like one that has these weighted straps. So you hang the weighted parts over the back of a door and then you close it so that the door frame and the door hold it in place, right. which is very fun. So you should have seen me. Like Jay was in the shower. I was just like giggling around the house, like <laughs> setting it up myself. And I'm quite short, so I was like, <laughs> like flicking them over. He came out of the shower and he was like, I fucking knew you were setting that up. He was like, I could just hear banging and then giggling. <laughs> And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was me trying to set it up. Right. And I was like practicing like getting in it as well. It has the straps that go over. Do you know the name of the product? I'll link it in the show notes. Nice. Don't you worry. But so it has like a, a swing seat on it. So there's an actual part that you like sit your butt into. Excellent. And then there's these hand straps so that you can hold right. on to them and kind of secure yourself in the swing. So they're coming down from the top of the door yeah, as well? Yeah, coming down from the top of the door okay, as well. Okay, okay. Because the biggest problem that I found oh. is that Jay is considerably taller than me. Yes. And so getting into the swing was quite difficult. <laughs> oh, because you had to have it like rigged up to yes, a height that would work for him standing. I'm sitting in it, but he has to be standing. So I have to be at dick height. Yes. You know, which Jay's is higher. Jay's dick height, Yeah, Jay's dick height. My dick height, lower. 
you know. <laughs> so <laughs> it was quite a mission. So I had to like get a chair out of the kitchen to like jump up into it. <laughs> like we were, a child. I know. Honestly. We were joking. We were like, we need a booster seat. Like, oh my and I was God. like, while we were doing it, because using it was so fun, which we'll get into. But the preparation was not like super sexy because there's quite a lot to figure out in terms of like the height of it. Yeah. Is it actually strong enough to hold me? Is it going to break the house down? Is it going to break the house? But yeah, so it was so great. So, okay, we got in. We got in. You I, got in. To be fair, I was quite scared that it was going to collapse. And so I was holding on to these fucking hand straps for dear <laughs> life. My forearms were burning for, I reckon, maybe six to seven days afterwards. Oh, wow. Just from, like, holding on. So <laughs> while I was in it, like, we were just doing, like, I'm sitting, legs open as wide as they could go Absolutely. while you're in the swing. And then Jay's coming at it from the front. And there was just something about the way that we were angled. His dick was really like rubbing against my clip before it went ah. inside my body and stuff. We were probably staying quite close together because we weren't sure like how far back you could go because it was like when you're in the swing and it's a door frame swing, your back is basically against the door. This is what I was just thinking. How are we going in terms of yeah. noise and banging against the door? Incredibly loud. Yeah. Incredibly loud. <laughs> yeah. Like we live by ourselves, but our neighbours were out and about in the garden and we knew they were out there because it's really close to us and we could hear them. Yeah. And we could hear them while we were doing this. So they could 100% hear us. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, another concern was like my head against the door sure it definitely got hit a few times okay but the way that we used it was we did stay with our bodies quite close together and jay kind of grabbed the yeah. butt bit and was just kind of like That's thrusting the idea. in and out like that so his forearms were also in a lot of pain everybody's we, getting a forearm workout it felt like the biggest workout of our lives but we were both it was so fun yeah it was like funny too okay. we were giggling the whole time yeah it was so fun Aww, like we both cute. like every time one of us looks at the door it's given it a whole new meaning you know Ooh. and it's so it's just so fun what would you say your tips are for listeners who are now considering purchasing a sex swing based off of your glowing recommendation I think just be aware that it's gonna be a little bit of work to actually figure out how to use it yeah because they look it's just like, oh, a swing in the doorway. That's hot. And then actually trying to get into it was just so unhot. <laughs> like, the booster seat. Yeah, once you're in, absolutely great. <laughs> trying to get in, kind of hilarious. Okay, I love that. Yeah, it was really fun. Have you done it again yet? We later? haven't yet. We haven't yet, but it's definitely on the cards. Amazing. Well, speaking of really cool sex. Yay. We have a very cool guest today, don't we? We do. Her name is Sophie Louise. She is an Auckland-based sex coach mm. and educator, and she's here to talk all about libido. Yeah. Sophie, welcome to The Electric Rodeo. We are so happy to have you here with us today. So you are a sex and libido coach helping mm. people all over Aotearoa feel more turned on and, in my opinion, doing the Lord's work. So can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and what it is that you do? I do have, like, the most amazing job. Honestly, <laughs> I never thought that I would be able to have this much fun and just get to talk about sex 
I support women who are struggling with sex, but in particular who are struggling with their libido. Mm. So really struggling to access the intensity of turn on and the quantity of turn on that they want to have the sex life that they really dream about. And typically I'm seeing women who are in relationships where it's not just their libido that is the issue, but the flow on effects of having challenges accessing their libido. Mm. Because as we know, like there are asexual people who never access desire. That's not a problem. Having a low libido in and of itself is not necessarily a problem. But it's when you have people who are in a relationship and they're starting to feel guilty for saying no all of the time or they're feeling pressure to say yes when actually they don't really feel a yes or they're scared they're going to get cheated on or it's creating conflict in their Mm. relationship or all of these flow on effects. Mm. That's when I start seeing women coming to me when that's having real tangible impacts in their life. Mm. I mean, I've definitely felt the majority of things that you have just said. We were so excited to do this episode and talk about libido. We get asked about it all the time, of course, and I've experienced, you know, like ups and downs with mine and there's been times where I've wanted more and and haven't been able to access it. So I completely relate to all of these people coming to see you and I'm sure so many of our listeners have as well. Yeah, it's very cool that there is somewhere they can go for that sort of thing now. It's super important. Yeah, absolutely. And relationship with your partner or partners, but also your relationship with yourself and your body, your pleasure, your femininity, all of that can be so impacted. Yeah, totally. But it is the number one issue that women experience in the bedroom, Mm. but yet there is such limited information out there about this topic. It's not covered in pretty much any high school sex education that is provided. You really have to go out there and work often quite hard Mm. to come across the information that is going to really benefit you. Yeah. So before we get started on things, can we just get you to define what is a libido? Yeah. So a libido is basically your desire for sex, but I would put it as your desire for sex over a period of time, over your whole life or over like a year. People might say things like, recently I've had a a lower libido Mm. or I'm someone who has a high libido referring to their experiences over their whole life. I personally encourage people not to use terms like high libido or low libido because it's this very definitive way of putting something that actually fluctuates. And when you say like I'm someone with a low libido, then you're kind of not allowing your body and your mind the space to shift and change as it wants to. Mm. Mm. Very true. That is true. And what about desire? So desire is basically just, do you want sex? Oh, yeah. <laughs> as simple as that. <laughs> pretty, pretty straightforward. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. All right, love yeah. that. Quick answer. And lastly, arousal. Arousal is an interesting one because there are like so many different definitions of the term arousal. Like in popular culture, arousal would be synonymous with desire. The way that I find it most simple to think about is that arousal is the physiological desire, right? So potentially flushed skin, increased heart rate. If you have a pussy, getting wet, having an engorged clitoris. If you have a dick, getting an erection. All of that kind of thing can be encompassed under the term arousal. Okay, thank you for those. So let's really get into our libido. How does it actually work? In general, our libido is constantly calculating all of the different things that are going on in Mm. our life. It's like this like little calculator doing this algorithm in the back of your head trying to work out whether you're going to feel desire or not based off of like hundreds of different factors that are going on. 
And so you have the accelerator that's going on in your mind that is helping you to experience desire. Mm -hmm. And then you have things that are going to hit the brakes, which are going to take away from your ability to experience turn on. Yeah. And so some of these factors that could be impacting your libido include whether you like your body, whether you feel loved by the person that you're with, whether you feel respected, whether you've had enough sleep, whether your diet is good enough, all sorts of things. Like the list goes on and on. The emotions Mm. that you're feeling, the stress that you're feeling, how many things are on your to-do list. All of these things come together to balance out and create your kind of access to desire. And then, of course, you have an impact on these things. So if you want to experience more desire, you can really take stock of all of the factors going on in your life and think, how can you find more of the things that are going to hit the accelerator Mm. and take your foot off the brake by potentially taking factors out of your life? So when you're working with your clients, have you found that there are particular like common threads of things that are really like turning on the brakes for people? Because I know that stress is like a big libido killer. Um, But are there other things that you kind of notice like quite a lot of that's having quite an impact for people? Stress is definitely a big one. Yeah. The main one that I see in my clients is not feeling safe in in a variety of different situations. Right. So not feeling safe when their partner initiates, not feeling safe just in general, being sexual with someone, not feeling safe when they're naked, all from either past experiences of trauma Mm. um, or just being a woman in the world where we a lot of the time do not feel safe yeah absolutely and so helping them to access that safety again or process past experiences really can go a long long way to accessing more desire oh wow I hadn't really thought about that as one of the common things that would come up which obviously seems so obvious now especially like the trauma topic and you know the number of women that are impacted by that at all times um it's just so interesting because I guess it's just really different for so many people as well because finding that balance is really hard so I know that there can be people that have stronger brakes than accelerators as well and I definitely think that I am one of those people it's it can take the most minute thing for me to just be off and I really really struggle to get it back when that does happen and I'm sure I'm not alone with that either. Yeah, yeah. You're definitely not. No, really, really common. Yeah. So I guess if people are experiencing a lower kind of sex drive than they would like, what are some tips that you have for increasing this? Or what are some changes that I can make, but also the listeners can make to their lives to have more, more excitement and more libido in their lives? This is like my favorite question and I can literally give like a hundred different answers to this based (laughs) off of different situations and experiences. Yeah. I feel like I recommend to so many of my clients that they practice meditating as a way to become more present in the moment so that little things that happen, like hearing the dog outside the door, you can just block out more easily and you become more skilled with that mindfulness. Yeah. And so while like meditating sounds really 
kind of like a boring way to improve your sex life. <laughs> Actually, it's super, super helpful. Oh, I have to sit alone And you with can my do it thoughts. in really fun ways yeah. as well. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> you could do like a self-pleasure meditation, yeah, like just self-pleasuring with the intention of just being aware of the sensations that you feel. And anytime you get distracted, just bringing your mind back to those sensations. Mm. That can be a more exciting way to meditate. Yeah, that's cool. I've tried meditation before and I must say, and this obviously really leads into my ability to just like turn off like this. Oh, I struggle so, so much. It takes practice. Yeah, I'm a real overthinker and to actually like turn off my thoughts is currently in my life near impossible. But because you've told me to, I am going to try really, really hard to do so (laughs) because I have been struggling with the libido and stuff lately and I do want to get that back so first thing I'm going to do is you know what we should meditate do? what if we you and I commit to seven day 10 20 minute practice each day we both try and do it independently because we're recording again another week mm-hmm. I reckon we should try and commit to like doing a little bit of meditation each day and then we should come back in a week and we should talk about it I love it because I think that's really good advice if you've like Cute. I've dabbled in meditation but I struggle to like stick with it consistently mm. but when you do get into the practice and you feel the kind of difference that you have in being able to like block out your surroundings it actually does make a huge impact clearly you're very good at your job that's why we've got you on the podcast (laughs) you're (laughs) officially coaching us this is actually just a podcast for you too you've just come here for selfish Uh, reasons it's great no it's for the people (laughs) don't tell everyone you're you're ruining the facade (laughs) (laughs) but no it can be really hard having that accountability is really good and then find the form of meditation that works best Mm, for you like particularly if you're ADHD for example meditating probably is going to be near impossible yeah. so doing like a moving meditation or a walking meditation or like a dance meditation or yeah like a self-pleasure meditation so that you can still move and be doing something and not feel the need to completely shut off your mind mm. which mm. is actually an impossible task yeah it really is yeah. seven days nice. of meditation yeah. and then we report back to our new sex and libido coach sophie louise <laughs> <laughs> i'm excited to hear all about it yeah. <laughs> So what are some other things like outside of meditating? What else can we be doing? Yeah. So another tip that I give a lot, which is also quite simple in its essence, is just to prioritize day-to-day pleasure more. Mm-hmm. And this is, I just ran a group program around libido and this was like all the women who were in the program, their biggest takeaway was just how much more pleasure mm-hmm. they were able to get out of their day-to-day life when they actually stopped and brought their awareness to it. And it's just little things, Love like this. I hate how cliche it is, but like actually stop and smell the flowers, right. you know? And like actually like I was cooking a couple nights ago, like picked some fresh herbs and like actually yeah. just stopping to smell those smells and feel the sun on your skin and all of those things that again sound a little bit cliche, unfortunately, but actually make a huge difference because they help you to regulate your nervous system mm-hmm. and calm down. Pleasure is an amazing way to regulate the nervous system. Yeah. It encourages you to slow down as you move through your day. And it's really hard to access turn on if we're moving at a really rapid pace, which unfortunately is the pace that modern life requires of a lot of us, but just encouraging (laughs) moments of slowness where possible. It sensitizes you to experience more pleasure in the bedroom because pleasure is a skill and it is something that we can get better at and be able to feel more of the more that we practice it. 
it kind of turns your whole day into like an act of foreplay, which I think is mm, super yes. delicious to just blur the boundaries between what happens in the bedroom and outside of the bedroom and just view everything as sensual and exciting and erotic. Yes. Well, that's exactly as you talked about the concept of not necessarily focusing on sexual pleasure, but, you know, life's life's great yeah. pleasures, the senses. We talked about that in a previous episode about eroticism and essentially the idea that it's not just like to like being sexual mm. and we, like trying to you know explore it and enjoy it in our everyday lives so yeah love this we're gonna our elevator is gonna be through the room oh, yeah. when we start applying <laughs> all of this I'm so excited <laughs> no you know why I'm excited we were talking about this earlier I'm in like a I'm all over the place so I'll maybe have like a five days on super high sex drive and then five days off right now like I've it's been a bit longer of just like a bit of a lull and I'm fine with that like I'm okay with the peaks and troughs but yeah no I feel like I was saying to Emma this morning I need to get my horn back I feel like I feel like softening and smelling the roses I'm already thinking about it I'm getting the horn back <laughs> it's all yeah. tonight <laughs> so what about masturbating does a wank a day keep the low libido away great vibe <laughs> I like that look I don't know if we need to do every day but I <laughs> there is a lot of benefit to just like strengthening the muscle that yeah. is being sexual. Mm. I think it's really easy to get in a rut with having sex or um, like partnered sex or solo sex and then just kind of deprioritizing it and forgetting about it and it's starting to feel a little bit kind of tiring to get mm. back into that. Mm. So continuing to have sex, whether it is just by yourself or with another person or multiple people, <laughs> is a really great thing to do. And self-pleasure is the perfect opportunity to explore. Like yes. it is a time when there's no pressure, there's yeah. no one watching. You can try something for two seconds, instantly decide that you hate it and stop <laughs> yeah. without needing to like think about how you're going to communicate it. You can do yeah. some weird as fuck thing <laughs> and not need to worry about what someone else is thinking. Safe space. It's a great time to explore and play. That's so good. I'm going to do some weird as fuck things, see how it goes. <laughs> She's already been doing some weird as fuck things. <laughs> yeah, I heard your fuck it list. So I'm excited. <laughs> Anything True. in particular jump out at you that you thought was particularly fun? Oh, honestly, the vulva pump actually really stood out to me. Yes. I'm intrigued. Yes, yeah. I didn't even know that that was a thing. I know. Yes. I'm, I'm going to buy batteries on the way home and I am uh, hopefully date night tonight. She's getting the horn back. She's doing the pussy pump because, yeah, we're all, we're all excited about the pump. Everyone is oh. dying to know. She still hasn't tried it. No, I know. I know. I'm terrible, terrible. Um, okay. And, well, speaking of toys, what part do they play in kind of what you recommend for the people that you work with? Because obviously people in general can experience like orgasm and sexual pleasure without necessarily experiencing like having a sex drive, right? Yeah, the pleasure might not be as intense because the mm. more turned on we are, the yeah. more blood flow yeah, is happening true. in our genitals, mm. which makes you more sensitive. So mm. technically, yes, you can have sex when you're not turned on, but it just might not feel as good. And then, of course, toys can really help to increase pleasure. They can do things that human bodies cannot do, which <laughs> yeah, is awesome, can. and like move <laughs> At different paces and intensities, you can bump that vibrator up to its like highest setting yeah, if you want yeah. to, to bring in even more pleasure. And the more pleasurable the sex that we're having is, 
the more sex we are going to want to have mm, because we don't typically crave things that are not actually enjoyable. So bring in toys if that makes it more fun. Yeah. And if that helps you to increase the novelty of your sexual experiences mm-hmm. as well, like that's a huge thing that we we kind of know helps with libido. We know that novelty is great, but often we don't think about that past like having a new partner yeah, <laughs> and how horny we can be when we're right at the start of a relationship. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need to leave your partner to get horny again. You no. can if you want to, like each to their own, but you can also try some other things before doing that, like trying new toys, like using the toys that you already have mm-hmm. in unique and different ways and getting really creative with totally. it. My favorite tip to give people around novelty is like have sex in a different location that might just be on the floor in a patch of sunlight. Like you don't have to go that far and book a $400 hotel room for you and your partner and (laughs) leave the kids behind. Like literally just lie the other way around on your bed to make it a little bit different this and that can really so help. so true. We randomly yeah. did it the other way around on our bed and I was like, that was a bit fun. <laughs> <laughs> different bit view, interesting. Novelty. <laughs> Sometimes things are just yeah. so easy, eh? And you, ju- you just need someone to like say to you, hey, this is a thing that you could do. And then it's just like, oh my God. How have I not thought of just turning around on the fucking bed? <laughs> you know, like yeah. it really can make a big difference when it's just these tiny little gorgeous nuggets of information. Mm. Another thing that comes up, or at least that I hear discussed a lot when it comes to low libido is SSRIs and anxiety and depression medication and how, you know, they can lower or essentially in some cases just demolish your sex drive. Yeah, that's a really challenging situation Mm. to be in because obviously if you're on an SSRI, any kind of antidepressant, it is serving a very valuable role and it is obviously required. There are a few things that you can do. One is typically with SSRIs, you'll be taking them daily or it might be also contraceptives that can impact your libido kind of medication. And so if you are taking your medication in the evening, I would recommend trying to schedule sex in like the afternoon. Mm. So just before you take that medication, when the concentration of it in your body is going to be at its lowest Ah. point, that can help. You might want to go and talk to a doctor and see whether you can lower your dose or see whether you want to change medications. Obviously, that's not a decision to be taken lightly Mm. and does definitely need to be discussed with your healthcare professional. I know personally from being on SSRIs myself how swapping to another one can be a really big deal and there can Absolutely. be different side effects that you're putting yourself at risk to and all of that sort of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the other thing is just j- like just because you're on this medication, it doesn't actually dramatically change the things that you need to do in order to access more desire. It might just mean that you need to do more of those things okay. because you've had a change in the chemicals happening in your brain, the balance of them in your brain. So just do more of the things, bring more sensual energy into your day, focus on pleasure more, focus on coming to love your body even more, just do more of it and put Mm. a little bit more work in, which I know sucks, (laughs) but you will reap the benefits from it. Mm. Even when it feels like it's really hard and like there's no light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Yeah. Sad to hear people talking about that because I've had a few instances of like talking to people where they really do feel like their sexual days are done. So on, I guess, a kind of similar note, what are your thoughts on like tablets and supplements for libido? I was asked about this recently and 
I just don't want to recommend anything mm. because I know that that whole world of products is very hit and miss for everyone, no matter what it's actually for. And I feel like there's so many just like social media influencers trying to sell us things now that it, it, I'm just like very wary of, of everything like this. But what's your opinion? Is there any like magical pill that, you know, can like boost your libido through the roof? The research suggests that it is very unlikely for a pill or a form of medication or a supplement to be able to increase your libido. Okay. All right. So we, <laughs> we know that Viagra exists, mm -hmm. right? That's like the most common, similar kind of medication that exists, but that only helps with erectile yeah. dysfunction. So the physiological thing that's yeah. at play versus what is happening up in your mind. You can take a Viagra and get an erection. That doesn't actually necessarily mean that you want to have sex. Yeah, yeah true. It just means that your body is responding. Yeah. yeah. With your libido, it, it is all happening up in your mind. Yeah. It is all about the way that you're thinking about sex, the shame that you have around sex, the how safe you feel, like all of these things that we've discussed. A medication cannot change those things. A medication can't change the fact that your dog is scratching outside of your door. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah, it would be great if it could. <laughs> yeah. There are some pills out there that claim to help and they have like small success rates. Okay. They also tend to have pretty significant side effects. Mm. So mm. I was looking into one that's like one of the top rated libido pills for women and 40% of people who take it experience nausea. Oh, which is just Jesus. like a ridiculously high number, like 40%. Yeah, like how is this combo. even on and the market? How would that possibly help? Like the, when you're feeling nauseous, <laughs> you're not feeling horny. Big break for yeah. me. No. Feeling like I'm going to vomit. <laughs> yeah. Sexy. There is a small <laughs> subsection of the kink community that is Loves loving that. what they're hearing right now. Um, True. But unfortunately <laughs> for me, not sure that that would uh, go hand in yeah. hand with feeling more turned on. It is interesting, though, because libido pills have the highest placebo rate of any yeah. kind of medication. Oh, interesting. Which, okay. again, proves how it is all in our mind. And then maybe mm. you want to try some, like, natural supplement that says it's going to help and you can trick yourself into believing that it is 100% effective mm. yeah. and then reap the, the benefits of the placebo effect. You know, like, yeah. I, I think the placebo effect is super fun. So And you can totally just play into that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if it works, it works, I guess, eh? You know? Yeah. No, but I think it's a good point. It definitely does point towards the fact that it's very much what's going on in your head and how we can be mindful of that, hey? Definitely. And I've seen a new line of supplements come out recently. It includes aphrodisiacs, but it also oh. includes natural ingredients that are meant to like calm down your nervous system oh, or okay. give you more energy, yeah. which I think is a good approach to it because yes. then it's helping with some of the things that might be putting... Their, your foot on the brake, yeah, yeah, as well as trying to increase your libido. So kind of coming at it from two angles. So that could be more beneficial. I haven't tried them. I kind of want to and yeah. just do a little like test of it. I'm hearing this and I'm like, oh, I like what I hear. Well, yeah, I mean, you <laughs> talked about like doing those things to help regulate your nervous system. So if it kind of targets that section of it, perhaps it maybe it has legs. So as I said, I've struggled with like having a libido that's lower than where I would like it. So I was wondering if you had any tips for dealing with that in a relationship. So dealing with basically libido discrepancies. Yeah, it can be a really challenging thing to experience in a relationship. Mm. The biggest tip that I have is to create an open channel of communication around it. 
being open about what you're experiencing is going to make the situation so much better and help you each to know that you're on the same page and you're both struggling with the same thing and you're both aware of what is happening. And that can just in and of itself make both parties feel a lot better. So sharing how you're feeling, sharing as much like information about why you're having the experience that you're having is possible. So if you're the low libido partner, it can be really helpful for your your partner to know why you are experiencing a period of low libido if you yourself have that information. And sharing just all the time, like, I love you. I'm still really attracted to you. You know, it's it's nothing yeah. to do with you mm. because getting turned down can take a real knock to people's self-esteem yeah. and make them feel rejected. I've been on both sides of the relationship before. I've mm. been the low libido partner mm. and I've also been the high libido partner who was getting rejected by my partner and feeling the impact of that. Mm. And I really had to do some self-work around mm. how how I was feeling and like process the stories that were coming up in my mind. Right. It's also great to put in place an action plan. So that could look different for every couple, of course, depending on what's going on in your relationship. But thinking about whether you maybe want to, I don't know, set a rule where you are going to have like 30 minutes of foreplay mm. and it's never going to be less than 30 minutes so that the low libido partner has enough time to really calm down, yeah. get in the right state of mind, forget all of the distractions be present in their body and then generate some of that desire. And desire takes time to build up. Like most women experience responsive desire. Mm, yeah. Some men do as well, where desire can take up to like 40 minutes to get to its kind yeah. of maximum point. Yeah, okay. It is a very common thing. We just see spontaneous desire in movies and porn, and so we assume yeah. that that's the norm. Yeah, But yeah, having that extra foreplay time can do wonders. I also will recommend like, if there are times when you know that you are not going to get turned on, like maybe you work night shifts, and so the day after you've worked a night shift, you know you're going to be tired, yeah. actually saying to your partner, like, please don't initiate on these days because I'm not going to be in the mood, mm. and then I'm going to feel bad for turning you down, and you're going to feel bad because you get turned down, mm. and instead focus on other days of the week just so there's less of that sometimes uncomfortable dynamic going oh, on. Yeah. yeah. That's such good advice. I hadn't really thought about that, that like actually just kind of like, yeah, saying these are the times where I know it's just not going to work and I don't want to turn you down again. And like, yeah. let's just not have that conversation every week, you know, when it's repetitive, if it's yeah. always the same patterns. Yeah. That's such a, such a good point. Mm. And that dynamic is so common. Like when I was on birth control, that was the exact issue that we had. I had a low sex drive my partner had a high sex drive and he felt rejected and mm. I just felt that anxiety of even if we were just spending like a non-sexual intimate moment just like cuddling if he like moved his hand I would just be like oh god he's gonna try and initiate yeah. and I'm like really nervous about it and so having that kind of guideline of hey actually I know that like on this day like it's just gonna be a no-go for me for whatever reason having that to just completely take that element of stress and anxiety out of your mind so that you can actually enjoy the time you're spending together without that. So good. Very, very good. Absolutely. And that's such a common experience is people who just stop wanting any of that non-sexual intimacy with their mm. partner because they're scared of where it's going to go. 
and like not mm. kissing their partner goodnight at the end of the day Aww. when you're going to bed because that's yeah. a time when sex might happen and so just creating that like physical distance pretending to fall asleep pretending to feel sick yeah. whatever it is and so saying to your partner like I don't often feel horny at night mm. my horny time is in the morning or my horny time is this or whatever we're never going to have sex at night and so then you can have that intimacy at that time of day without feeling that pressure because we do tend to, as individuals, have times of day, actually, that are better for our libido. Mm, so just, yeah. like, play into that. Embrace it. Would you have any specific advice for, like, approaching those conversations? Just because, obviously, communicating about sex can be difficult for a lot of people. And then communicating about it when it's because there's an issue, opening up that conversation can be quite hard, right? Anything around sex can be really vulnerable for people and yep. it can be easy for people to feel attacked or uncomfortable. Mm. So my biggest piece of advice is definitely don't do it anywhere close to a sexual experience. Yeah. Yeah. Like don't do it in the bedroom. Don't have it when you're lying in bed next to each other. You've yeah. just had sex. That is not the time <laughs> because you're probably still both feeling vulnerable from sex. It is a vulnerable experience. Mm. You're like literally and metaphorically kind of getting naked for yeah, each other yeah. and laying it all out on the table. So doing it at any other time of day, but picking a time of day that you think is going to be good without needing perfection because mm. we can often focus too much on choosing the perfect time yeah. to have a conversation and then we just push it off and push yes. it off and push it off because mm. there's never going to be a 100% perfect time. But you will know your partner. You will know whether they are stressed when they come home from work and they need 30 minutes to yeah. just kind of relax a little bit. You might know that they tend to be quite relaxed in the evening after they've had dinner and that might be a good time. You maybe will know whether they prefer to have eye contact with a difficult conversation or to maybe have the conversation while you're walking through the park or driving or something yeah. like that so there's not that eye contact that can add to the intensity of a conversation yeah. that for some couples will be a really positive thing but for some couples might make it harder you'll know whether like physical touch is going to be a good thing to have so you can have that potentially soothing comforting touch going on at the same time like just holding hands yeah. But the biggest thing is just keep reassuring your partner and keep sharing, yeah, that you love them and you want to get through this together, that you're willing to put in the work. You can also really be upfront and ask them whether they are willing to put in the work to get mm -hmm. out the other side and then together sit down and make that action plan. Because talking about it is great. Getting it out in the open is great. But you want to have a plan in place for how you're going to move forward so then you both feel like there's hope. Yeah. We get hope from knowing that there are steps in place and you don't need five steps, you don't need ten, <laughs> like one or two. One or two is great, keep it manageable yeah. Yeah. and that will help things to feel like there's the potential for progress to be made. Amazing. Which there is. There yeah. absolutely is yeah. because every single couple experiences these discrepancies. We are humans, we all have things going on all of the time. It's so rare that people's libidos will match up mm. through the entirety of their relationship. And if you're listening and yours does, congratulations. Yeah. How does it feel to be God's favorite? <laughs> I have one friend who's like this. I'm like, how, how has that happened? So, like what? So God blessed you. you. Wow. <laughs> Absolutely. Hashtag blessed. <laughs> Okay, I have a question for both of you, actually. I know. 
sun. <laughs> I didn't know I was getting in, Christian. I know. I'm giving you a question too. So I know that this is a little controversial one, but what are your thoughts around planning and scheduling uh. sex? Because I'm really into it because I, you know, as we've discussed, I need to switch off those bricks. So I need to run the dog. I want to make sure I've got my Uber Lube on hand. I want to look real hot. I want my lingerie. I need to I respect that. find at least a couple of toys that are charged. Just got to check there's a little bit of charge on those. You know, like <laughs> I I have I have things that I need to do. You know, I need to set up the swing now. I've got a sex swing. I've tried it. It's beautiful. It <gasps> must be it must be involved in in all sessions. <laughs> no. You know, but so what are your what are your thoughts cuz some people really hate that I'm into that. Personally, I think that scheduling sex can be a really great tool. Mm-hmm. It can sound clinical to some people, yeah. but it is something that I recommend to my clients a lot and really recommend them to just leave those ideas about it being clinical and a thing that they shouldn't have to do. I'm yeah. doing little like air quotes around yeah. that <laughs> because it's a super valid thing. Like we schedule our whole lives. Yeah. Like I have everything in my calendar. We schedule visits with friends. I'll schedule in like when I'm going to clean the house. Mm. We have busy lives. Sometimes sex requires some preparation. Yeah. You might want to do like a meditation before you have sex so that you can calm your mind down and forget yeah. about your to-do list. I have clients who struggle with their libido who I'll recommend that they take themselves away first and by themselves generate some turn on so that then they can be the one who initiates. You kind of need to plan that. You need enough time in your calendar. You need enough time in your partner's calendar and to just both be in the right mindset. So personally, I think it's a really great thing to do. And if you can find ways to make it feel less clinical for you, then that's great. So maybe it's not like, on Friday at 3 p.m., I have an alarm set and we are going to be in the bedroom straight away fucking. Like maybe it's just like ish on Friday afternoon. Let's have some intimate time. And it can also help to just say we're going to have intimate time, not we're going to have sex mm. because that can put a lot of pressure on people. Yeah. So true. maybe you don't have sex. Maybe you just cuddle and kiss and give massages because you're not in the mood and that's okay. Yes, good. Okay. My partner did once actually on a Friday afternoon, just out of the blue, sent me a calendar invitation. (laughs) No, that's funny. For hardcore snugs at 5.30pm on a Friday. And I was like, yes, that is so cute. I was like, we don't do it all the time. But I was like, that was just so delightful. And that made me feel really happy. And that just made me think of that, like putting it in the calendar. I was like, that's the one time that I'm like, yeah, we will put it in the calendar. That's cute. That's fun. (laughs) That's adorable. What about you, Tash? Hate it. No. No. Nah, nah, don't hate it. I was like, as you were talking, I was like, I should have gone first because now I'm going to sound like a dick. Um, I'm not personally into it. I am, however, in a very privileged position because I don't have kids. I don't have a dog scratching at my door. Mm. I don't really have to schedule it. I am finding, however, for this podcast, for certain things, for example, the lover's art kit, we have to schedule that. That's a big canvas and then you put paint on and then you have sex on top of it and then you've got a lovely piece of art that you had sex on top of afterwards. Having to like plan that, I'm (laughs) 
not happy about. But um, we have we have scheduled it because our flatmates are going to be out of town uh, in an upcoming weekend. But yeah. um, I'm more of a go with the vibes kind of person. But I can 100% recognize that that comes from a place of privilege. I think what you've said is actually really good. And uh, if I got a calendar invite for 5:30 p.m., so what was it? Hardcore snugs. <laughs> I, I would be absolutely on board. So I think for me, I find scheduling it adds to the pressure. You know, our kind of schedule is we'll get home from work, we'll chill together on the couch, talk about our day, do that, and then alone zones for a bit and then come back together for dinner and hang out afterwards. And so sometimes he'll kind of, I can tell when he's in the mood, he's very assertive about it. I'm a big fan of that. It makes me feel very hot. But um, <laughs> sometimes I, I, I feel... Like, I don't want to lock into it. Like, I don't want to promise something that I'm not going to be prepared for. So I think that's why I have Mm. a bit of hesitation Mm. with the concept. But I absolutely can understand how it would be beneficial for a lot of people. That makes Mm. sense. I get that as well. Because I get the pressure thing. Like, there are times where we have, like, scheduled it in. And you you can get the vibe. If one of us (laughs) isn't into it, you can really start to tell. And it's good because we're, like, quite good communicators around that now. After years, we've been together for eight years. And there were times where we were terrible around it. But now we're quite good. Mm. And, like, so it's just, like, one of us will be, like, it's okay. I can see that you're not in the mood and it's so fine. Like, don't stress about it because I tend to stress about it. Like, if I can feel myself and I'm just not in the mood, it can make me start to stress a little bit. So I do get that. But, yeah, I think it just comes back to that communication thing again, right? Totally. Can we ask you what the number one thing is on your sex bucket list, if that's okay with you? And it's also fine if it's a no because, obviously, it's very personal to everyone. Oh, I haven't thought about that. I know. Yeah, listening to you guys do it. I was like, um, to be honest, the last few years I've been like, oh, everyone has these six bucket lists, but I've already like done the most <laughs> wild things. Like, what else would I put on my oh, bucket list? But, <laughs> but listening to you guys, I was like, oh, maybe there are more things that I could put on. Okay, the pussy what would pump be on you there? said you were interested in. Mm. I think I would want to try it by myself. Yeah. yeah, fair. I don't know if I would want to involve someone else in that mm, experience. That's my plan. I'm going to do it. I was thinking about that as first. I was listening to it. I was like, it does appeal, but I think it's a solo thing at least first. Yeah. And then maybe bring someone else into it. Give it a whirl. Also, the like nipple suction things yeah. do appeal to me. Get into it. Mm. Get into it. The ones I use, I don't know the brand name and I feel very bad. They're called like nipple suckers. So instead of like clamps or like the screw ones, anything like intense like that, you literally just it's like you squeeze it and just pop it on and they're so mm. great and then you can kind of like move them around you can tug on them a little bit get into it big fan <laughs> yeah that's exactly what I'm thinking yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> those are great I love those yeah I haven't even tried those before actually I've tried heaps of clamps but never the suckers, suckers and I great. do want to there's some really fun have you seen the oxballs ones they're quite like long, but they're made of like they've got almost like a glittery metallic silicon. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's super pretty. Very, cool. very good, very large variety of things yeah. you can get into there. Yeah, and Adult Toy Mega Store is like the perfect website for it because your range is just ridiculously big. <laughs> like ridiculously big. The fact that you have an art kit to do like yeah. have sex and make art at the same time. Right? I was yeah. like, who would have thought? Why? Who would have thought? Truly a mega store. Yeah, it is. Truly. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And before we wrap up, uh, we just wanted to obviously give you space to plug stuff, let the people know what you're doing, tell them what's going on with you. Nice. Some little shameless self promo. Yes. So I don't have any live offers going on at the moment. I have my one-on-one coaching, which Mm, is the perfect container if you want that tailored support. 
around anything that is going on in your sex life, any challenges that you're experiencing regarding libido, orgasms, pleasure, self-confidence, and then to turn that into your dream sex life, come work with me one-on-one. I would love to chat with you and just discuss whether that is going to be the right path for you. So you can access me through my website, www.sophielouise, or my Instagram at underscore Sophie Louise. I'm assuming that will be in the show notes. Hey, you know, talk about yourself because that's, that's too much effort. Just click the little link. <laughs> yeah. Come find me. Come and chat with me. Let me know your thoughts from the podcast. I'd love just to be in touch. Yeah, absolutely. If you like what you heard today, get it one-on-one. I reckon, God, if this is what you offer like over a podcast, I can't even imagine how amazing a one-on-one sesh must be, like super tailored to all of your exact needs. Must be incredible. <laughs> well, thank you so, so much for coming on. This has been such a cool chat. Yeah, thank you so much for your insight. No, thank you for having me. It's such an honor to be here. I love Electric Rodeo, Yay! so it truly is an honor to be a guest. Yeah. Oh, cool. <laughs> and get onto those nipple suckers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little bit scared of them, but uh, I think it's going to be good. That'll be fun. When you're ready. Yeah, no pressure. Yeah. But a little bit of fear can just spice it up even more. Exactly, right? It's even more exciting. A manageable amount. Yeah, yeah manageable <laughs> fear is good. <laughs> You've been listening to the Electric Rodeo podcast by Adult Toy Megastore. Follow Electric Rodeo free on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And to keep up to date with our bucket list progress, follow at Electric Rodeo Podcast on Instagram. Electric Rodeo.